Bienvenidos and welcome to the Dale Gas Confidentials. Today is volume 10, which makes it a special episode. Uh, it, it, I'm telling you, man. Oh, perfect. The phone is even going off. That's how special it is. Because I wonder our guest, why. Our guest has arrived. He is a little late, but it's okay. My name is Beto Perez. I'm with your neighborhood DJ. And man, we are a day away from the inauguration. We're on an extended um, COVID lockdown. And uh, oh, what, is, what else is going on? Oh, man. It's like. Christmas went by already, New Year's, and uh, should, should I say Happy Valentine's? Oh, it seems like we're never going to leave the house and shit. I, Mar- the last one we did was right before Christmas? It was or- right before Christmas, yeah. Damn, last yeah, year. It, it, it feels weird because we don't leave. Like, we don't leave the house or anything. But I don't know. I wonder who that calls for, though. That's hey, cuando el teléfono hace ring, hace ring, hace ring. I got that record, that. I got who, that record. Who is that? Is that Kikri or is that... Uh, uh, no, la, well, it is, but... God, I'm trying to remember the, the dude's name. Hay un teléfono... Es el... Es el... El ratón vaquero. El ratón vaquero. That's Kikri y... Yeah, but I'm trying to remember the name of the actual... Artist. Oh. Like, I can't. I can't remember. Doctor Alfonso Rodriguez de la Rocha Sus. Uh, algo así. <laughs> Sounds like it. As long as he's not a cheater, it's okay, Holmes. <laughs> yeah, dude, man. Cheaters, thumbs down, both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now nah, it's a new year. It's 2021, Holmes, and you know we're we're back. Yeah. You know, volume 10, and except Chicle, dude. What happened to Chicle? Chicle is MIA. Dude, I don't know where that guy is. I think that's the guy that was calling right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little late today. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to skip this one tonight, yeah. boys. Yeah. <laughs> We're just playing with you, man. Enrique El Chicle Lugo is actually our guest today, which uh, makes it in, uh, special because it's our 10, our X. Yes. Our, our X, episode X. Yep. He's yeah. on the hot seat. That's right. And you're the hot seat, hot dude. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, man. It, uh, you've, been part of, uh, you've been part of our community, of our city, since what year? 1979. Damn. Man, what part are you from? So I was born and raised in Paradise Hills. Orale. Yeah. And you still live there, right? I live there again now, yep. Yeah. Yep. A little family, it's my tall. wife, two kids. What else? Tell us about your own. Yeah, you're, you're in the so hot nervous. seat. Why are you so nervous? <laughs> you look so guilty. If you yeah, yeah, guilty. yeah, you guys, we're, we're not going to pull on Hold on. I got I to do my uh, disclaimer. PG-13, my, my dis- disclaimer, PG-13. So fucking speak on it, huh? <laughs> Why are you so quiet? Why are you being chai? <laughs> hey, you know what? I always showed up a little late today, and now I'm on the hot seat. The but hot this seat. is awesome, man. Like yeah. th- This has been really cool, uh, being a part of this podcast and all the things that we, we've been sharing, and I, I think sharing with our community, and that's something that I'm, I have been really passionate about. I don't know since when, right? but I think being a a parent and when I became a homeowner I think that kicked in you know that that spirit of community and, and wanting to change like what what people think of our communities but also like what's possible within the communities right now um you're in the hot seat because you were going to be in the regardless at some point I mean we already had Beto a few months ago and um it was you or me it was either you or me, and I was going to flip a coin, but you showed up late. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into details about but that one. Happens. Oh, man, I heard <laughs> but I'll, I'll let you take it for the team today. <laughs> no, no. It's the, and, you know, I, it's funny that you, you, you talk about that mindset of, uh, of becoming a parent and how things change or your mindset changes. And then as a homeowner, 
and I was reading an article because there was that like mega million jackpot, right? Yeah. Seven hundred twenty-eight million dollars. And then, uh, so I'm reading, and it says how some people, their mindset is not ready for that because you do, you do move up, not necessarily up in the bracket, but mentally, right? Right. So like with with you, how you saying you moved up mentally as a parent, and then as a homeowner. So things change, and now you're thinking of the what ifs and what what can I is right. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I think a big part for me was moving back to my my neighborhood where I grew up. You mm-hmm. know, we moved about two blocks from the home where my parents still live. You nice. know, where I grew up, and seeing kids walking up and down the street. Uh huh. And, and you know, like I, I think most of us and most other people that listen to this podcast know when a kid is up to no good, you know? And, and I think that hit me a little different mm-hmm. because the opportunities that I had through education set me on a whole different path than, than a lot of the kids that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing that and then going to, like in Paradise Hills, there's Rio Drive where there's uh, like a little business district. Right. And the most prominent businesses had been a liquor store a little market Mm -hmm. and a 99 cent store. And I would just see, like I had a PO box when we first moved back and I would go to the post office and see kids running back and forth from the liquor store to the 99 cent store (laughs) or or the pizza place, (laughs) you know, or the pizza place, (laughs) right? right? Like, like just grabbing their snacks their drinks and, and, you know, doing what they do. Yeah. And I would always try to talk to them and ask them like, Hey, what if we had an art space on a real drive? Would you be down? And, and the kids would like light up. You know, and show me, like, one mm-hmm. kid busted out his nobody. He's like, yeah, like, check it out. My older brother, he's a tattoo artist. Look at what he does. And, like, we would go hang out. And yeah. and it just kind of got that going for me. But, you know, like, I don't know. I I think I've been blessed with opportunities to experience it, in particular the art scene, which mm-hmm. I think gave me a, a, a completely different voice. You know, and, and as Chicle, I think that's a, a different persona than yeah. who I am normally as like i'm shy quiet i'm cool with being in the background <laughs> as chicle I'm, I'm more outspoken and my art i think in many ways speaks for me um and i wanted to share that with kids you know yeah. and, and in paradise hills like we don't have you know art scenes we don't have murals like like mm-hmm. chicano park you know in barrio logan and logan heights and and there's so many things like that that i wished and hope for being able to expose kids to that, you know, and for right. them to grow up seeing art and, and that that experience of, of another way to express yourself, an outlet, you know, it's therapeutic. Like, there's so many values to art, you know. I don't need to tell you guys, you know, music, visual yeah. art, performing arts, like, it, it's huge, right? And it right. changes people's lives. So that's, it just got me thinking. Yeah. Where, where, where did you get your first opportunity, like your first art show? Like who, who gave you, you know, that, that love? And sh- who showed you that love? And like, hey, welcome to my art space. Put your art up. Yeah. Who was, the, who was that person? So that, that person was Ricardo Isla. Shh. You know, so I, I know, Dickie like Islands. Dickie Islands. Dickie Islands. I, I think if you don't know who he is, you must be new to town. Look you know, him up. Look him best. up. Like this guy, he, he's done everything. You know, he's a painter. He's a muralist. And, and more than anything, he's a, a badass friend yeah you know and and when i met him of all places at at a place called landlord gyms yeah you know and 
he, you know, he, he was just a guy that like I started talking to. I showed him my art. He gave me feedback and, you know, he encouraged me to to show my art. You know, when I had asked other people in the art scene, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know about that. And right. it, it just felt discouraging. Right. But when I met him and I showed him what I was doing, yeah, he was all about it. And at the time, he was a, a part of a, a group of artists that were running the Ice Gallery in North Park. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got to have my first show, wow. you know, nice. with, with a photographer, Carlos Beltran. And it just kind of took off from there, you know, screen printing. I was doing uh, posters uh-huh. at the time. We had a, a president that that gave a lot of quotes, you know, and George W. Bush. Yeah. So most of my work was like just social commentary, you know, things that I was experiencing and feeling, you know, um, and, and it was awesome. Like, I mean, it definitely put me on a different path from my life. Um, being able to to have that experience because there's a lot of artists in San Diego that that don't have that opportunity to have their own show and have their name in big bold letters, you know, right. on a flyer. Yeah. So it was it was truly special, man. And Ricardo Islas. Sweet. Let me ask you this: How many years gap? Meaning, from when you actually started, like the first time you started drawing, or or doing your artwork to that one day of that first art show. How many years had gone by? Yeah, dang, man. I mean, since the first time I made art, you know, I was a little kid. Yeah, and that's fine. Because, and the reason I'm asking you is because people think that, hey, I'm going to get in within a month or two yeah, or a year right. or two. And it takes years. And sometimes yeah. people give up on their on their creativity. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I mean, again, if I hadn't met... Ricardo Islas, uh-huh. like, there's two people. There's Ricardo Islas who gave me that opportunity mm-hmm. because he was a part of a gallery. Right. You know, and I, I think, too, like, he just believed in me or trusted me to not mess it up, mm-hmm. you know? So he gave me a shot. But there was also another guy, Bob Rob Medina, yeah. who he showed me just, like, the the business side of okay. art, you yeah. know, and how to hustle. And, and he and I did Adams Avenue Street Fair and a bunch of street fairs in mm-hmm. San Diego for about nine years. You know, so just grinding, creating a following. And, you know, like you said, yeah. like some people don't realize like how yeah. long you've been hustling yeah. before, like to get to where I am now, you and know, even, because all even, of it. Even now where you're at, you still got to keep grinding. Yeah, you have yeah. to, man. You, like you have you to stay relevant. You have to start. You got to stay like on top of your game, improving, yeah. evolving, learning. Like yeah. you never stop learning. Right. And especially in art, like it. it our pieces are never done, you yeah, know, like there's always something work, you could tweak. It's a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like people, when they always ask me, hey, can you uh, put a playlist together? It's like, bro, I takes me sometimes months. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you, like, how do you settle like, on which songs? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's the hardest thing ever. It's, it's hard. I'm never satisfied with my playlist ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it keeps evolving. You yeah. know, it, it goes with the signs of times. You know what I mean? Summer comes around. There's certain play, play uh, list that you want to yeah. use. Right. And I'm sure that there's certain art. I don't know if you start doing the research, you're gonna like realize a type of a piece of work that you do during the summertime versus the wintertime. No, oh, I haven't. I haven't I paid attention to that. But e- but there's certainly e- themes. Homework, homie. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. I think you're right. Like you know, I've gone. I've tried a lot of different things from you know just illustrations, yeah. digital art, painting, sculpture. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of everything. And yeah. and I think what 
what has kept me kind of flowing and, and evolving is my kids. Yeah. You nice. know, when my son was born, I did a show just dedicated to him, you know, Beautiful. and it was all images that that carried a story behind. I made a little book and I, I wrote, yeah. you know, like what those pieces meant for me. And, and I wrote it. Was that Chicle or was that, that Enrique? That was, I mean, it was Chicle because Enrique would have been like, he wouldn't have told nobody. Nobody. You know? But this was like, ah, I want to share with everybody. It, it was the guy with the cape. How does it feel Chicle. like to have that constant battle, bro? Because, like, you know, Chicle and Enrique. Well, it's funny now because, because... one's introvert, the other one's extrovert, right? Yeah. I think what has helped me is that for many years, probably I would say in the last, like, 10 years, there's a lot of people that only know me as Chicle. Mm-hmm. And I think when people call me that, like, Cool you know, I'm a different person, you know, and, and, and you, I mean, if you hang out with me, you notice like I'm a kind of, kind of a quiet guy, yeah. you know, and we've had yeah. episodes where I'm more kind of laid back and listening, you know, because that's, that's also part of who I am. I like to observe and, analyze. you know, analyze things, just see, see how things are flowing. I'm, yeah. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Like, I don't need yeah. to be front and center, top of the stage, you know, like yeah. I like to be behind the curtain if I can. <laughs> yeah. You know, ideally I'm in the corner just minding my own business and you know, but once you get me around the people that I love, like it's a whole different story. Damn. Okay. So he's always quiet around us. He doesn't oh, like no. us. I mean, we in familia. Man, that's no, why I locked eyes. Maybe he's cheating on us. I tried, <laughs> I even tried to lock eyes with you right hey, now, man. You that's know messed what, up. Man, you know what? Why don't you just plug up your podcast? Man? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it ain't right. Yeah, it ain't right. No, that's yeah. Yeah. But that's what I do. We're all family. Because there's more to your your art and, and your persona, right? But your art, like, I, I, I'm sure you come from a creative family background, but you ho- you hone down those skills. Did you go to school for that, or how did you work that? Yeah, so I didn't go to school for that. Um, I mostly learned from watching my dad. Okay. My dad, you know, growing up, my whole life he worked in restaurants, mm-hmm. but he always had a passion for painting ever since he was a kid. Like, like he still has some of the drawings that he made when he was a young man. Wow. And it was all like, you know, superheroes, Disney characters that he would make for his nieces and nephews. Uh-huh. And he just kind of stuck with it. Like he always wanted to paint. And yeah. at, at some point we had a neighbor that like this man was a a professional artist, you know, and, and yeah. my dad got inspired and he would paint in the kitchen. So my whole life I just like, saw him like painting to like. I would paint too, you know, and, and my dad, same thing, self-taught, cool. you know, like he just goes for it. Yeah, it's a natural skill. And so I just, I did the same, you know, like I just had an inclination for it. And and growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, uh-huh. you know, graffiti in San Diego right. was, I would say, arguably some of the best artists yeah. that yeah. are still doing things, you know, yeah. and Globally. globally yeah yeah globally and and like brands right like yeah. like tribal was just getting started yeah and those are the the things that i grew up with like trying yeah. to draw and and you know replicate like trying to put it on the, the styles. yeah <laughs> yeah and, and so like for me that that's where kind of chicle came from of like wanting to have like i remember having like seeing cats at, at high school with their their yeah. their name on their hats you know and i was like dang that's bad Airbrush. you know like yeah, like I want to have that. Yeah, you know. So as I as I grew up, like that's something that I always aspired to. You of, kept working of like on being it. able to sign my work as as someone else, you know, a character, and 
drawing characters who were into cartoons and you know so it, it just became like a a habit you know i think right. my whole life i've been drawing i i have sketchbooks from college of just random drawings that i would doodles in class you know like i never stopped yeah and that that's something that i noticed with like our students in school that that are really i mean i would say some of them are, are better artists than than i could ever be but that's all they do you know they're yeah. they're always practicing and that's what i always tell people yeah. like or, or students when i was an art teacher i would tell them like look you see Weecho, what he does like is because he never drops his pen yeah. you know like if you want to get that good don't compare yourself just Keep trying. Just keep trying. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep working, working on at it. it. Like yeah. pick, pick something that you want to work on and just keep practicing. Carve you know? it out. And, yeah. and, and I think it applies to everything, right? Like being oh, a definitely. DJ, like you know, everything we do. Trying to pop a on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fall down, get back up, and ride it up again. Yeah. Uh, you got to keep trying. Got to keep trying. Hey, I saw a picture of you a few days ago, maybe yeah, less than a week ago, playing. I think it was a bass guitar. Yeah. It, what? I didn't know you played instruments. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Plays a cowbell. Yeah. So at some point, probably like maybe 15 years ago, one of my my good friends from, you know, high school, he had lent me a a bass. You know, he would teach me a few things here and there and just for fun, you know. Uh And then one year for my birthday, my wife and my family got together and they bought me a bass. Nice. And I tried to practice, but at the time, you know, like it wasn't the right time. Uh-huh. And then recently I picked it back up. And cool. a couple of days ago, I had a, a friend who's a, he, you know, he's a professional musician. He uh-huh. came over and gave me some lessons. And ever yeah. since, like I practice every day oh, and it just what? feels different, you yeah. know, like so I'm trying to learn yeah. how to play the bass and hopefully before the end of the year, maybe maybe do something with it just yeah. for fun. You know, nothing like, I'm not trying to become a, a touring ah, musician. He's like, he's like, by the way, the friend that came over is Bootsy Collins. Hey, you know what? We, I, I, we met Collins. Did you really? And SpongeBob the same day. SpongeBob. Oh, that's a whole story, dude. That's awesome. But, well, look, it wasn't Bootsy, but it was Omar Omar Lopez. That's Bootsy right there. What does he go by? Bootsy Collins. He's our version, you know, and it's cool because I met him. Like he, he, I don't know. I probably met him like over 10 years ago, Yeah, you know? So it's been cool to even see his trajectory as a musician from when I met him of just doing like little gigs here and there to like touring the world with the Whalers. Like Whalers, it's it's badass, man. And what was the, the jazz band that he was a part of? I really like them. The uh, funk, it was like a funk band. Yeah. yeah, bro, he's got a lot of good. He's, he's been. I mean, that's the thing too. Yeah. Like he's involved with so many different styles, and you he's know, versatile. He yeah. is, and so when he came over and th- like last week was my first lesson, like uh-huh. legit lesson yeah. Yeah. from a teacher, you know, and he came in and and right away started giving me instructions, and at first I was like, okay, like where's this going? But then by the end. Like it all made sense, you it know. Was like very natural. Like like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, you know, and it was so super cool. Like I I feel I'm really excited and and inspired to like get nice. it, you know, yeah, and hopefully yeah. some of uh, well, his I skills was, rub yeah. off on me. But yeah, I've always wanted to learn Chicle Brown, dude. Bass and and the drums, and I did pick up a bass guitar probably about twelve, thirteen years ago. Nice. I just I. 
I've opened it, but I've never plugged it in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I ain't got time. Was, and, and I'll be honest with you, right now during all this COVID chingadera, I thought I was going to, like, I'm, I'm going to watch YouTube or whatever. And try yeah. to, but you know what? I, I honestly sunk my mind into other stuff. I started taking a shitload of trainings and whatnot. Oh, you, you got to make time for yourself. I make two hours a day, bro. I'm selfish as hell. I don't care. Take it how yeah. you want. I'll make two hours I every single sleeping. day. I call it sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get two hours, whatever. Yeah. You can sleep. You could go yeah. for a run. You can go and hang out in silence. You can whatever. Two hours a day nah, is mandatory. You're, you're right, though. And I, and I agree with, with, with you on that, that you got to have time for yourself. Um, Even just 30 minutes. Like, yeah. that's what I've been trying to do. Like, make sure I, I hit it 30 minutes in the morning at least. Sometimes I go over that. And then again in the evening. Yeah. And it's fun. And like, yeah. you're making music. And, you know? and honestly, it's more so been... Well, like, I, I did start taking a bunch of trainings because I wanted to be prepared as a professional for what my job was going to ask for, what yeah. it's asking for of us, you know what I mean? But I've got it in storage, and I've been lazy to go, you know, pick it up and get it out, but I, it's been there, dude. Well, but when you episode, get it out, man, picture, let's like, jam. I'm bringing next it next episode. episode. I know you play the drum. It will be the two, the three brown crew. Yeah, she'll be the manager right. right away, dude. She's got Shout a job. Shout out to Bianca. <laughs> Shout out to Bianca. Shout out to La Esquina Holy Coffee. Port. Yeah, one thirty, yeah. one thirty, uh, National City Boulevard, right? Yeah. Well, six. What is it? Six. Nah, one thirty. Says one thirty. That's the suite. Oh, suite. Six forty, oh, okay. National City Boulevard, suite one thirty. There you go. So, so when you're not playing with bass guitars or playing with paint and clay. What is Mr. Mr. doing? <laughs> Mr. Well, I think everybody knows. Well, so my daytime job is uh, I'm a high school dean of students, otherwise uh, known like. Uh, why are you all shy about it? So yeah, I, like I don't know, man. Because that chicle went to Enrique now. Bro. Yeah. He it. You know what's funny? That's why he gave me that look. Like, it's like Grand Theft Auto fucker. when he's got the three different characters and <laughs> yeah. you just switch it over to continue the mission. You know what it is? I, continue I think the mission. A part, of me, a part of me, up until December, like in the winter break, uh-huh. I feel like I had a, a, a little breakthrough with myself. And you're right. Like, I do get really shy. I don't really tell people. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a but the 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 cool thing that happened is that I realized, like I, I think I accepted like my role and how important it is and and how much I can do for our students. Right. And I think I, I I knew that, but I feel like I finally like owned it, you know. And now I'm yeah. okay. Like I'm still uncomfortable, but so l- I, I know what I need to do now. So let me ask you this, and then I want you to continue on that. But let me ask you this: Do you still want to keep those roles separate? Or, or would you feel even more comfortable combining them? And the reason I'm asking you is because, because of all these trainings, right? And I've always kind of kept my, like, my Wicho, your neighborhood DJ yeah. uh, persona, separate from my job. Although I do use my, my DJ skills with the kids and whatnot, but I don't tell them, right, my nickname or nothing. Um, but because of all the trainings online, I started changing my my name Juan from Juan because in every training there's like more than one Juan, you know what I mean? Yeah. To Huicho Flores and and I've always accepted who I am as a person, you know what I mean? Like I've never denied that. But as you're mentioning as a professional, I would I would accept it seven AM to three PM. But now that people and you know other professionals are seeing that and they're comfortable calling me that and they understand where I'm coming from. 
I think I feel more comfortable in those in that professional role 24 seven and I'm able to combine it because I can also use it out in the community comfortably. I agree with that. And I think yeah. that's part of the you think that's where you're coming breakthrough about that, that I had. Average? Yeah, because I, I think earlier this school year, I started connecting with a, an educator in Oakland okay. that's in the same role as I am. Uh-huh. He, you know, he's he's also first generation. He has a a very interesting story, like his background and how he came to education. Like, I think yeah. you would connect really well with him uh-huh. because he has a, a very similar background. Right. You know, and hearing him talk about how he he's more of a, a performing artist. You know, okay. he rhymes, he dances. Uh-huh. All right. He makes videos. And what I saw was like he was putting out videos and uh-huh. like him rapping and like putting out playlists and, and like music. and. Sweet. And I asked him about that, and he's like, yeah, dude, like, I I give it all to the kids. Yeah. You know, and this is how I connect with them, and I have this clothing brand, and I and I offer it to the kids. Mm. And I was like, man, like, I have access to all of these things, and I, I've, I've never offered it to the kids uh-huh. as, a, as a, a means to connect with them. Right. And I think because as an art teacher, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I would sit next to them and do my work with them. Okay. Where they could see me doing my my thing, and they knew that it was going to an art show. They knew I was producing it for a shop. Like, yeah, they knew where it was going. So I think I, I never made that connection, you okay. know. And, and in many ways, I took it for granted. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in the role that I'm I'm in as an administrator, I feel yeah. like it's it's like, dude, that's like a a, a treasure that I have yeah. that I haven't even unlocked yet. Yeah, you know. And and what will happen when I connect with kids in this way, and they see me. Uh-huh. In in a different light, not just as the the dean of students. Oh man, like he's calling me, I'm in trouble. Right, you know, or like parents, I call them. Like I just talked to a parent the other day. You know, the the student had been absent. You know, mm-hmm. COVID, whole family got hit with COVID, and the parent called me and was like, I felt bad. You know, like I could tell how nervous mm-hmm. the parent was to speak to me. And as soon as I started speaking in Spanish and yeah. joking and making light of like. I could tell the parent at some point was going to tell me, like, man, I was already messed up before COVID, but now <laughs> after this, like, the after effects, you know? Uh-huh, and I yeah. made a joke. I'm like, ooh, like, ya estábamos bad, ¿verdad? I mean, I didn't use bad words, but, like, same, same, same message. Right, yeah. You know, and she just started cracking up. Yeah. You know, and after that, her voice changed. And we started, like, actually talking. Communicating. You yeah. know, and, and it, like, it went from, like, a really paused delayed kind of conversation to like we were flowing you know okay cool i'll let you know yeah thank you you know and it was really cool and Uh and i think those are the the moments that i realized like man like this is on purpose like i'm in this role for a reason and i need to maximize as much as i can and not like stop hesitating yeah you know obviously i have a lot to learn i i know that you know i know i'm gonna make mistakes along the way Uh uh-huh but the reality is, like, I'm here to support students, help them succeed, you know, and, and also remind our teachers that that's what we're here for. And, and yeah. I love that because growing up, when we went to school, our curriculums were the same, repetitive, it was boring. Yeah. The teachers, like, yeah, some of oldies, you know, See. and they weren't up to, t- to game to, they weren't hip, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. important to have those teachers to be hip and connect with the students. It's and, very and, important. And you know what? And if they were hip, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let us know. No. They wouldn't, you know what I mean? Um, because I mean, 
I mean, your average teacher, I mean, when we were growing up, it was, it was fucking middle-aged yeah. galacho, you know what I mean? But you know what? Now that I've been, I've been in education for over 25 years, it's like I've got to meet people like them and someone into hot rods or surfing or, you know, which is stuff that can be hip. Right. But they would never open up to us, you know what I mean? They wouldn't let us know, so therefore it's like they're not making that connection. The only connection they're yeah. making with us is textbook. And and I think in many ways, I think there still are teachers yeah. at schools where I don't know that they're empowered or, or made to feel comfortable yeah. in a way that they can yeah. do that. You yeah. know, like they, they have, you know, they, they got to follow the textbook. They got to do certain things. There's right. like different rules. And I think working at a charter school where we're allowed, mm-hmm. we're encouraged to teach to our passion. We're encouraged right. to connect with the kids. Like that's important. You know, and I think COVID, if if I've learned anything about education through COVID is how important relationships are yes. and how social learning is, at least at, in the K through 12 environment. Yes. I think once you get to college, it's, it's maybe a little more independent. Yeah. I think everyone has a different mentality because, you know, obviously, like you, now you're pursuing a career, like something that you're truly yeah. interested in learning and you know, in high school, not so much, right? Like, high yeah. school, you have to go. Right. It's yeah. by law. By law, you need but, to go yeah. to school whether you like it or not. And that's where the social piece comes in, you know? And mm-hmm. I think our students not being able to have, which I hated as a teacher, you know, I'm up there trying to present or give a lecture, and then there's kids having side conversations. Oh, hell no. Oh, I was that you know, kid. You trying to shut it down, right? Now, I feel like, damn. That's what made school special for these kids, though. Being yeah. able to, like, communicate with your neighbor, like, pass that note, you know, like, they pass those are the moments. So now they're texting oh. about you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, he's fucking boring. You, <laughs> boring. <and> you, <laughs> you would think, though, that, like, yeah. they still have it, but, like, but they don't. there's something about texting, like, if your homie doesn't get back to you within, like, that second, like they would if they were sitting next to you, yeah. now it feels like, damn. Right, he's ignoring ignoring me. It's we not the be, same. It's we not would the be same. so bored in class. We should throw rocks in classroom. It, All you hear was ding, ding. It, imagine imagine <laughs> us doing this thing right now online. I mean, yeah, it's not we're the live same. and direct right here at, at Esquina, you know, socially distanced and all that. But if we were doing this on the computer, and um, how would it be? It's not yeah. the same. I, I, did an, I did an interview with uh, for the podcast South of the Eight, and it was great. I, I mean, and I, I think because of all the trainings I've been having, I was able to really engage. Yeah, you're used them. to it. I'm used to it. Yeah, you know, and we're used to it. But we, I mean, we 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 do that shit all day long. Yeah, would you really be up for it right now? Hell no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no. Hell no. Bring it to the house. Yeah. yeah. At, at, at what point in life did uh, were you like, you know what, I'm ready to take on this position and and be that dean of the school? Like what, like what got you to that level? And at what point were you like, this is me. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm rocking it. Yeah. Because it's an intimidating title. Yeah. I mean, even, well, even if when I get a phone call from a dean, I'm like, uh, uh. It's a huge responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, and it's funny because I'll, tell, I'll go back a little further than that. And I went to college, you know, earned a degree. If, the, you, want, if you don't mind telling in, in graphic communication, so everything that has to do with printing, you know, but high-end printing, like newspapers, magazines, like high-volume. You know, big time. Journalism shit. By the time I graduated, you know, I I started college in 97, the fall of 97. And by the time I graduated in 2002, 
like the the market had shifted you know there was desktop printers the digital era had come in hard yeah. you know so the printing industry took a big hit and in 97 they were telling us man like there's so many jobs when you graduate you're guaranteed like new york la san francisco <laughs> boop de boo oh, so i was like oh new york you know here <laughs> i come <laughs> And then when I when it was my turn to graduate, you yeah. know, we had like a like a uh, I don't know career day like like recruitment like the, it, the companies would come in and recruit. Yeah. When I started, it was like two rooms full of companies. Mm. When I graduated, there was two companies that came. Wow. And so it was hard, and you know. Within, within four years. Yeah, I mean, it took me five. It took me five. (laughs) But, but, you know, like, yeah, it it changed, you know, and and it's because the times changed. So even a lot of the stuff that I learned by the Uh time I graduated was obsolete. You know, one of the methods that I learned, like, it's nobody does that anymore. Well, it's not obsolete. It's just not being used. Right. Like, like there was improvements, you know, technology improved and made it more efficient or whatever. So, you know, I did that. I worked a variety of jobs for about 10 years after graduating uh, college. And um, it was when we were doing the School of Guerrilla Arts at the Roots Factory that engaging with with youth and and seeing, like, when they screen printed a sticker with me and I saw the kids, like, Mm -hmm. face light up. Like, it was like magic. You know, they had just pulled some squeegee and ink went through and then they walked away with the sticker. That shit's mine. And and that, that moment, like, it made me want to work with kids, you know, so I started looking into that and, and, you know, looking into teaching, but I didn't have a teaching credential. And uh-huh. so I looked into high tech high because they have their own teaching credential program. And, right. you know, through the art scene, I had an art show. I had met someone at UCSD. I was working at UCSD at the time. Someone brought their friend. That friend happened to be an art teacher at one of the high tech high schools we hit it off networking that, yeah that oh, person yeah. emailed me a few months later like hey there's this position open you should you should test the waters get your foot in the door and and it just like it just happened. it happened right so then once i was there you know i'm already a parent you know i'm a, a homeowner i've had experiences like i knew what it meant to like work hard mm-hmm. i knew what it meant to have Dedication. you know shitty bosses like all of that <laughs> yeah. you know so I, I think i was in a different mindset to where Working at a charter school where you design your own curriculum, it's a lot of work. You know, it's, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. It can feel like like you have too much on your plate at times, but I loved it. You but know, at the be- end of the day, you're teaching what you what you Exactly what you want to do. Yeah, exactly yeah. what you want to do. And the impact that you make on those kids, because those kids, I, I have my fourth grade teacher, Ms. Zachary, to this day, I still remember her, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you make that impact on, on people like that, man. So it goes a long way. You yeah. are giving these kids tools to life. And, yeah. And... Whatever you're giving, so one of those kids is going to pick up something, whether it's a brush, whether it's a word that you said, a phrase to motivate them, but you are installing tools that they're going to use in life, you know? Yeah. And so once, once I started there, the dean of students that I had mm-hmm. was awesome, you know, and he became a mentor to me and, and he still is, you know, and, and so I would see how he would interact with the kids of yeah. like being fun and engaging with the adults. Like he always had activities for us to connect and, yeah. you know, just be excited and happy, feel appreciated. But then I also saw the other side where he held kids accountable, right? you know, where he showed so him, lying. he showed them how much he cared, you know, and, and still like he had to do certain things, but it was always from a place of love, you know? And so once I saw him at work, 
I was like, dude, I, like, I want to do that. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I want to be in that position where I can work with those students that are going through tough times, that need a push, that need that extra love and yeah. tough love sometimes. Yeah. You know, and, and the I was looking at the kettle. The best love. Yeah. <laughs> the and, and so once I saw that, I started talking to him and just kind of putting it out there of like, right. hey, can I shadow you? Can I like, can I sit in meetings with you? And, and it helped that I was bilingual. Yeah. So I would I would translate for a lot of the discipline meetings, you know, and just also, that's where I really up? got yeah. to see like, yeah. all right, like this is what it's about. You know, this is how you engage with families and let like letting the families know that we're we're in support, you know, and we're, we we want to work with you yeah. and here's some resources and here's what we could do and here's what I'm going to do for you. And, you know, I, I don't know. It was a great role model. And now that I'm at a different school, like he's at a at a different school too. Different it just site, happens yeah. to be across the street from me. All right. So like trade. I still have access to him and, it, and it's cool now, like working yeah. side by side and, and still learning from him. Yeah. You know, Ray Trinidad, like that, that dude's been around too, like in after school programs, you know, he's a great guy. Like, you know, and I think that's, that's a piece like Ricardo Islas and Bob Rob, like I've had different people in my life that, you know, have kind of nurtured me and and pushed me and and at times even just seen potential in Mm -hmm. me that I I didn't see for myself. So I put it out there and then two years ago, you know, they, they there was a position that opened up. I was recommended. I interviewed, and you know, I got the I got the job, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's been awesome so far. It's been really cool. Hell yeah. Um, yeah are fun. you uh, first generation here in the states, or your family's been here? Yeah, my my sister and I were the first ones born did you, here. Did you have to translate to your parents everything <laughs> whenever they got mail, and you had to do the paperwork, fill it all that? So my my sister did most of that. Oh. She's ten years older than me. Bro, so people so don't my, understand that I do. That's, that's like PTSD hard, for me, yeah. right? There. <laughs> hey, yeah, we, we didn't, I, I, didn't I, know I English, got lucky, bro. It was hard. I got lucky because my my sister did all of that, uh-huh. um, and my parents. You know, like my dad, he he came over in the sixties. Um, he did his paperwork. You know, got a job over mm-hmm. here, and um, he shares his story. Like he came, he crossed the border with a piece of paper. He had someone that wrote in English. They wrote yeah. a paper that said looking for work. Uh-huh. And he just cruised up and down Harbor drive looking for work and, and got some, a little gig near the Navy, wow. one of the Naval stations. And, and that lady got him and one of my uncles to learn English. But my dad, like, you know, he, he wasn't books weren't his thing. Yeah. You know, so he went enough. To where he he'll he'll talk to you in English, yeah. But his his language he, is limited, you yeah. know. He but he he has that spirit of like he he don't care. Yeah. He's gonna talk to you. He's not shy. He's I'm the opposite. Yeah. Like he goes in to any room, yeah. And that man comes out with like ten friends at he least. He works it. He <laughs> works it. Yeah. But it but it just comes natural to him. He's not even like trying. You right. know, like he's just. They he come has with that thing, era you know, too, yeah. where you communicated. I feel like the the the, the art of the communication has been yeah. lost now oh. through text, through yeah. all that. Oh, like, definitely. Like, I can't even yeah. leave a voicemail because people yeah. think you're a weirdo, you know? Or, like, uh, you can't go and say, hey, hi, I hope you're having a good day. People look at you like, like what you're are crazy. you hitting on me? Or are you dirty? What the hell? Yeah, dude, they always think you're flirting. And no, not like, hey, it's like, I'm dude, I'm just saying hello. You're walking right next to me. Like, I'm just saying hi, damn. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so we're first generation. I, I got lucky and didn't have to do the translating, but, you know, I think also having an older sister paved the way for me and, like, 
you know, she always looked out for me. She's the one that told my mom she should send me to preschool, you know, and, yeah. and she was only what, like 15, 14, 15 years old. She didn't want you playing her video games. Uh, <laughs> she wanted to get you out the house. Yeah, I'll nah, you know what? My, yeah. she, she's always been like, I don't know, she's different, you know? She's always been into school, like mm -hmm. real, real disciplined and responsible, you know? Typically like she set the tone. Yeah. She set the tone for our family and, and I think changed mm -hmm. what we could do, you know? Like yeah. she went to school because a counselor looked, saw her and, and yeah. encouraged her and you know it, it took us in a different path let me ask you this right, right now that you said that that a counselor saw her and talked to her and you know we already went over this with beto yeah tell me about your experience in 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 high school yeah with, with the counselors so i only remember seeing my counselor to pick our courses for mm -hmm. the semester for you the know and then they the courses we didn't want huh yeah. for the most part yeah. You know, but I was part of the magnet program at Point Loma, uh -huh. so I, I sure. had a, I had a few different options. Wait, so you went to Point Loma? Yeah. But you lived in, in PH? Yeah. Got, were you getting bussed out? Bus, baby, 6.15 in the morning. The kids were getting, oh, man, talk about waking up. at That's because that's not easy, bro. You were waking up at, what, at least 5.30 yeah. to make it to school, to make Twice. it to, to, to the bus by 6.15, to make it to school by, what, 7.30? Seven, yeah, seven, I think yeah. seven fifteen. And then you would get out. Yeah. And then what time uh -huh. did you get out? What time did you get out of school? At like two ten, I think. And the bus picked you up till like three. Uh usually we left campus by like two thirty. We were on the road home. Yeah, school was out at two fifteen, so you hit the road about two thirty. So you were doing nine, ten hour days this school. Yeah. Wow. But it was the best, man. Like I remember riding the bus with all my friends. Most of us went to school together since first grade. See, and the, it goes back to that part of what he was saying about communicating, and that art. Right, because you're having that moment with them, right? Yeah, you have that fucking one hour bus ride with, with people you're not gonna see for the rest of the day. Most of the time, you know yeah. I mean? And you probably didn't see them throughout the day. Nah. You know what I mean? It was like, but it was cool. Like back then, the bus, you know, they had. I mean, I don't know if all buses back then had it, but a radio. Yeah. To listening to Z90 going Z90. to school, all, hey, you know, like they all had the it depending on the driver. They were a shitty driver. Well, or that's not, true. Like, yeah. yeah, you would. We, bring, I would we bring always had to play that shit. <laughs> hey, I was a DJ, so I, as a little kid, I would always either bring the tapes or the CDs once it evolved. And I'd yeah. be like, "Hey, can you play this?" And she's like, "If you guys behave on Friday, I will." So we'd have oh, to wait nice. all the way till Friday to get it. Yeah, but yeah. once we did, it was you know all yeah. good in there. Playing Mac Ten. Ten up. Full Yeah, hell yeah, when, man. When you were, uh, well, you know, funny story about riding the bus, because uh, I grew up, you know, with with one of your cousins. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I grew up knowing him as, as Jose. As Jose. But now he's he's <laughs> Tony. Yeah, you know? he's Tony. And I remember we were on our he, way to Colombia. Hey, Tony is. No, nah, I'm just playing. Jose Antonio. Jose Antonio. Oh, yeah. okay, it's, bro, yeah. that's the worst. Jose Antonio. But I remember we were, you know, we were still yeah. at Korea, and, and he, like, he's like, yeah, my cousin, you know, and my cousin this, my cousin that. <laughs> and one time we were, because I think we would drop off Point Loma first and then go to the junior high. Yeah. And one time his cousin walks up, you know, real tall dude, and, like, reaches up, gives him a cassette. <laughs> he's like, oh, man, this is all old school right here. <laughs> and then he gave us, he made us all a copy, yeah. and that's all we listened to. You know, and it was Weicho. Yeah. So, it was one of my mix mixtapes. So you tapes. made a mixtape? Yeah. I would, make, I would have what, my what, cousin sell them and shit. What, yeah. what, what did you have on that mixtape? Do you remember? 
It had like Zap and Roger, like it was all green, subreddit. It, had, it was all yeah. like like straight up old school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we're talking about like the early nineties. We chose yeah. hustling the little kids. Hell yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. And we we liked it. We liked five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah, five bucks. I would dub them at the house. Damn. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was like that. I found the other day. I found the case for for that one you're talking about. But I don't have the cassette, so I'm, oh, I'm gonna no try way. to remake the mix. Have Damn. you uh, have you ever attempted? So you've tried many like different kinds of art, Chicle. Have you ever tried uh, doing tattoos? Ah, uh, you know what? I've I've always been attracted to it, and uh, one of my good friends from San Antonio, Jerry Garcia, he he Jerry made me Garcia, a couple. Not Jerry Garcia. <laughs> Not the oh, not the okay, okay. Gerardo Garcia. Gerardo Garcia. Oh, okay. This friend actually made me a couple machines, so I've, I've, you know, practiced, but nothing serious. Like yeah. I, w I would like to learn and you know do some form of apprenticeship. Hey, talk to my cousin Jose. I should, huh? <laughs> and that's all he does. That's what yeah. he does for a living. What, uh, it was funny because when we graduated high school, I ran into him yeah. a, like a year or two later, right when he was getting started. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But the first one he did, he was like 14. Yeah. On his on himself. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't I don't know about that. Cuz yeah. at some point he split, you know, he left Point Loma. Uh he went I don't know, I think yeah, he went he to Mission up, Bay or, or yeah, something. Yeah, he ended up graduating from Mission Bay. Yeah. So Ch we lost he touch. He was disinvited from Point Loma. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Chicle as a as a <laughs> He was encouraged to go to a different yeah. school. If uh, somebody's North. tuned in that that uh is an aspiring artist, man, what is uh what is like something that you want him to walk home with? Like what's that tool? Yeah. What's that what like what was what helped you, what saved you, what was the you know, that tool that that you would love to to, to pass on to, to aspiring artists? I think definitely for anyone that's listening that wants to make art, do art, participate, is one, like, just keep working on it and get out there, you know? And when you see artists that you appreciate, like, when I met Ricardo Islas, Ricardo I already knew. Islas. You knew about I him. I knew about him. Like, people yeah. had people had told me about him, and I had seen his work. Yeah. And someone said, like, hey, like, you should talk to that guy. Yeah. You know, so I just went up to him yeah. and... And legit, I brought like an art piece to the bar. Watch out! Like now, that, now, now that I think about it, it's kind of embarrassing. But Why? I brought my work with me, and hey. I asked them like, "Yo, like, look at this. Like, can you give me some feedback? Like, yeah. what would you change?" And that's how it started. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's a big part of being an artist. And you know, similar to feeling like if you just show up, you're gonna be successful the next day. Yeah. It's not like that, it you know. Like, like you have to be open to to getting feedback and getting critique, because that's how you get better. But also, it, it's a way to show people that you're really about it, right? You know, and to stay persistent. Like, don't give up. People might not open the door for you, but like, just keep at it, you know. Yeah. And and I think eventually you meet you meet your tribe, right? Like we all connect. Eventually, you find the people that you're meant to be around, mm -hmm. and you get better at choosing who you surround yourself with, right? Um, but I would say get out there, you know, if, if you see a call to artists, don't be shy, like put your name in the in the mix, you know, and I think that's really it. Like there's no other way, you know, people aren't going to discover you and reach out to you and, and ask you to participate. Yeah. Like like that's rare, yeah. you know, not that it will never happen or it can't, but more often than not, like you need to come out. 
you know, well, you, you reach to out to them. people. Hey. Like I know at Esquina, they they do group shows every now and then. So like, pay attention and I mean, they got a bunch and, of and art submit, there, yeah. submit your art. You know, share your art. Don't be don't be embarrassed to yeah to let people know. Like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm interested. How yeah. can I participate? You know, right. so I would encourage that. And I think the the art scene in San Diego has has shifted in in a lot of ways. You know, there's a lot more people doing shows there's a lot more spaces for for us to participate in i know when i got started there was very few you know there was Wosalta in downtown Wosalta with the taco Ooh. shop poets oh yeah geez, damn oh, so i and and i saw the second Generation. version of well, Wosalta. Version i didn't see the one that was in downtown downtown oh, i yeah, only I got, got to see the one that went next to pokies it was right next to uh-huh. right so I got to see the one that was next to Landlord Gyms. Did, did, did you yeah. get a chance to 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 see the one that was uh, the uh, the venue that was connected to Pokies where they would throw the concerts at the the Rosary Room? Rosary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's back when you know that's a, a, that's cert, a very style. famous artist. Now you know used to be at the door all the time because it was a family business, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. that's and wild. So it is wild, man, and and I I think what a it's been a, a beautiful experience for me, like yeah. seeing so many people that that I saw like before a lot of things happened for them. And even just seeing artists that I know started around the same time yeah. I did or, mm-hmm. you know, that are now doing things. And I, I don't know, like it, it's about being persistent and, you know, and, and pursuing if you really want to go for it. Like bro, you it, find it, a if way you think about it, San Diego, especially in the, in the graph scene. You know, growing up in the 90s, seeing, bro, a lot of those guys are global icons at this point. You know, you, you look at the dudes from, from, from Tribal, like a risk, mm-hmm. or you look like, uh, I mean, people don't know that, that uh, Shepard Fairley, you know, Diego, that's San yeah, Diego. He started yeah, right here. He started right here in San Diego. People don't know Bay was from San Diego. Uh, Dice, tomorrow Dice. we're going to be interviewing Dice. Like, oh, that's right. You got yeah. Dice. Yeah. is in Japan. He's got his own brand, glasses. He's got his own jeans, his own shoes. Yeah. He, you know, uh, Osiris, a lot of skating mm-hmm. brands started in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's, it's San Diego's graph scene is crazy. The art scene here is crazy. And I love that how you guys all support each other. That is, like, one thing that I've noticed compared compared to other cities you know you guys all come together and i love that uh chicle if you had to describe your your art because your art super unique how would you describe your art i think currently i would say my art is you know illustration heavy on illustrations inspired by you know southern california immigrant chicano you know latino culture music um I love how you, it always has a message, too. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is, as a kid, you know, my dad's from Guadalajara. Arriba las chivas. Yeah. Arriba el rebaño, cabrones. Ya llegó porque lloraban. You guys are all paisas. Come on. He, all right. He took me. <laughs> them cowboy boots in Tejana. Yeah. I don't know. He took me down there, and we went to El Hospicio Cabañas, and I got to see the work of Jose Clemente Orozco, and just reading his biography and understanding like that era of, of Mexican muralists and how much their their murals, like the history that it carried, the stories yeah. that they were telling. Right. I think that always stuck with me, you know, and then getting really into the like protest art and like the Black mm-hmm. Panther posters and all the posters of, of movements across the globe, right? Like they yeah. always had like symbolism and the colors and the the composition, the text, that's always moved me. And, you know, even the music that I, I grew up listening to, you know, a lot of the 
the lyrics were were deep, you know, and and had a purpose. Yeah. So I think that's always been a a part of it in in the background of my work. Like there's always a story to be told, and you know the interpretations uh-huh. can vary, but yeah. like there there's definitely like I don't do stuff just. To, to draw Just something the like, like there's yeah. something to it you yeah. know? so we're getting to know Enrique Lugo we're getting to know Chicle both at the same time uh, you, I got a question for you what does Chicle listen to while painting and what does Enrique Lugo listen to while working at the school dang so at school it's like instrumentals all instrumentals you know? okay, I, I try to keep it PG you okay. know okay. but instrumentals <laughs> which will be playing two live crew at the school <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Be like, ah, oh, let me pop that shit real quick. <laughs> pop that, pop that, pop that. Pop. <laughs> he, he plays the radio edits. Yeah, <laughs> radio edits. Yeah. Hey, no, but instrumentals from who? Like, like my little brother gave me. Uh, it was a compilation of, of of instrumentals from from beats from Dre. Oh, the Chronic 2001. No, 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 no. Because he released that. It's like that. a three CD compilation. Oh wow. And it's got like all kinds of different beats that he create or, or songs that he produced, but they're just instrumentals. Right. So I'll use those for like like weddings and stuff sometimes for like you know like the PG version before the party starts or at work. Yeah. What what, what do you like? My go-to playlist is uh through Pandora. I put it on the the dap tones. Okay. And it's more Dab-tones like are the best. Now this is at school. Yeah. Or this is Chicle. At school. At school. Okay. You know, okay. and I like that yeah. because it has a, you know, upbeat kind of funk, yeah, R&B flavor, yeah. you know, and, and that big band sound, right? And then yeah. at home, you know, I listen to a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, 90s hip-hop, corridos, norteñas, cumbias, reggae, punk, you know, it, it just depends on my uh-huh. mood, really. Yeah, yeah. But, like, like right now I'm on a, and actually what Omar is teaching me is, like, old blues but like the rhythm and blues, you yeah. know, from like the 50s. Mexican-Americans are like to wake <laughs> up in the morning, but they do it because they have to. Dude. Very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican-Americans. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to learn that song. Does the music influence what you're working on? Yeah, a lot of times, yes. Um, I mean, I love like 50s and 60s yeah. style, yeah. you know, so a lot of my, my images, if, if you notice, like, the hairstyles, the style, you know, yeah. I try to, like, there's always that kind of nostalgic kind of feel. Yeah. Um, I'm also, like, heavily influenced by tattoo artists. You know, Who my process is very similar. right now? Or, uh, or whatever. I just You know, like, a lot of the people that I know, you know, I don't really follow, like, celebrity like tattooers. I'm more traditional, traditional. black and gray, mm-hmm. you know, start from the chest all the way out, not... You know, like some folks do. Their, I, I see their dudes, hands that, are, first, I see dudes you know? that are like blasted on their neck, then they take off the shirt. They have no tattoos. Nothing. Yeah. Like, what the hell? like all of a sudden. <laughs> nah, I'm more like you know, because I at some point as a kid I got really into tattoos. I don't know where I saw a tattoo magazine. You have tattoos? You should have stu- You should have kept hanging out with my cousin, Holmes. <laughs> I know. I should have. But like you know, like some of the local cats, like uh, Rene Lopez, you know, Mar- Marco Hernandez, like. You know, Gerardo Garcia, like, you know, Serge, like a lot of those guys that, you know, have that traditional Serge is super dope, bro. Yeah. And those characters where they're all wrestling each other. I love that. I like his twist, uh, uh, like his version of it, you know? Right. He did like a Mike Tyson and it was just like. 
bro. But it's got I his, love his it's, work. He's got his signature. Yeah, on you it. could tell it's his. Yeah. You know, you, you know his style. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, so I, I think people like that, and I mean, mostly tattooers that have those old school like black and gray bold lines. You know, mm-hmm. that are that are built to last. Yeah. You know, because yeah. there's so many new techniques and styles out there, but you know, I prefer old school. You know. When you nice. say old school, would you go uh, the old uh, the old traditional way with the little hammer and it's I don't know what it's called. That's a, that's Japanese. Japanese, yeah. Japanese. Yeah. Damn, I don't is know. That Polynesian, I, Poly- Polynesians do yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah, that's that's dude. That's, I've seen that. I went to a uh, what is that? What is the tattoo convention they got in L.A.? Ink and Iron. Uh, no, not Ink and Iron. The one that was in Long Beach. Yeah, it was in the same place. It was just right before Ink and Iron. But yeah, I seen a dude. I sat there, bro, and watched him for like twenty minutes, and he was just going at it. And I'm like, damn. To that. Yeah, he had, he had one dude on each side, and they were doing like his legs, and I was like, "Damn!" Yeah, I hear that's, that's even crazy. more painful than that's got to take you to like another state of mind, through. though, right? Like, meant yeah. to, like you got to meditate to like a whole other level, right? Yeah, I hear people that like they'll either pass out or they'll go to sleep when they're getting tattooed. I'm like, bro, I couldn't sleep in <laughs> any of that. Well, they did you feel pain? Uh, uh yeah, hell yeah. Hey, Especially in the back of my That's legs, one of my, of my favorite leg. artists right there, Chuy Espinosa. Oh, when I got this work done by Chuy, it was some of his actually this is the first I don't know if you call him leg sleeve, but that's what I call it. It's the first one he's ever finished. It's a legging. Leg, it's leg. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, some spandex. Hey, como se llama los fake jeans? The the Oh the jeggings. The jeggings. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, have you seen the people that wear the tattoo sleeves though? The, the just yeah. the artwork. Oh, what the hell? No, they be tricking me, dude. Let, let me ask you this: what, What's your take on? Right now we're talking tattoos. I'm gonna ask you, Chicle. Yeah. What's your take on tattoos? Like, I like them. I know they become po- not not so much popular, but commercialized. But yeah, like you say, you 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 liked them before. Like, I've always liked yeah. them. I I think you know. Obviously, growing up in a traditional Mexican home, uh-huh. you know, they were seen as, and understandably, like, my, my mom grew up, you know, in Tijuana, and, and she always told me, like, the only people that have tattoos are the ones that just got out, right? you know, or, like, I wanted to shave my head, like, yeah. no, because, you know, when I was growing up, yeah. shaved, shaved head meant you had you just got gotten out of prison, prison you yeah. know, and Crazy. there's all these things that, like, culturally, yeah, like, it wasn't acceptable, right, right. but... I don't know. I, I, I see it the same way as art, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's a different form of expression and yeah, you know, like I don't mind them, you right. know, obviously. How would you deal with it if a student shows up with it? Man, well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. like kids uh, get them all the time now. Yeah. You know, I know, what's it, the youngest you've seen a, at a, as a student, you think? Um, I got mine when I was 14. Like a legit, yeah. like a well done tattoo. I've seen like Probably a, a sophomore student. Sophomore? That's crazy. Yeah. You know, when a I was lot a of seniors like, get them. You even had a one little dot. You were already like, you were the talk e- of the town. Yeah. Nah, I, I feel like now, I mean, there's Damn, a lot the of kids. Loca. Loca. <laughs> <laughs> I think kids now are experimenting, you know, it, yeah. it's like a stick well, shit, and poke. You got parents taking them to get professional ones. Yeah. I, I know the first experience I had with a student showing up to school and he was in middle school he was uh dang he was in eighth grade i think wow and it was a homemade tattoo and they sent me to go talk to him and he had it on his hand and it was like it was gang related so i was like hey oh dang let's get none of my business on me but you know rules are rules you know you got to figure out a way i know you want to show it off put your hand in your pocket homie when you get out that gate you can floss it but 
You know, I mean, nowadays you got kids being got, taken to professional shops. What yeah. do you guys have kids? What do you say? Uh, one of your kids walks in with a tattoo. Wicho, what, what are you saying? You know what, my, my without old, your permission, without anything, he just walks my, in. Like, my oh. older one has been telling me for the past two years. He's seventeen right now, but for the past two years, he's like, "Oh, when I turn eighteen, I'm gonna get this tattoo." I'm like, "Hold the <laughs> fuck up!" <laughs> and 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 it's changed. You know what I mean? It's never been the same thing. Yeah. And I keep telling him. Wait on it and think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But And he's going to go to Primo right away. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it, and it's not because I would want to take the business to my Primo, but I'd rather take him to a place where I know that it, or I'd rather him get it from someone that's trustworthy Yeah. You know, versus someone random. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine Chigla in the back of a van doing your son's tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Experimenting. When, when does he turn 18? <laughs> in November. <laughs> Yeah, I've talked to my kids. My kids are a lot younger. You know, my son will be 12 soon and my daughter just turned 10. And yeah. it's something that we talk about because I don't I don't want them to feel like they got to hide that from me. Right. You know, yeah. like I would love to take them, like we just said, to a homie, you know, someone that I know is going to get down yeah. and, and treat them right. You and, know, and, and have that good experience because I've seen some people that get fucking infections. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bad I mean, there are yeah. there are some risks, you yeah, know. Yeah, there are like, some risks. So, so why put them through that, right? When you can, like you said, be open about it and yeah. yeah. Are are, uh, are any of your kids are artistic? Are they artists? Um, they they used to love sitting and painting with us. They've kind of evolved from that. But lately, my daughter's been, you know, she draws a lot and she she keeps it kind of secret, you oh. know, in her journal. She won't always share with me, but like. I see her drawing a lot and writing stories, yeah. you know, and my son, like he's more, he likes to build things, you know, so he's really he's into wrestling on. right now. No way. Like super into bro, wrestling, bro. Like he has. Lucha Libre. Wait, wait, wait. Lucha Libre or, or WWE? WWE. We got we to gotta go to one, dude, soon. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm that guy that carries the billboard, the little signs yeah. and everything. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll yeah dig he's you. the guy throwing fucking piss in yeah. the cup. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. Right, yeah, now, yeah. right now he watches and, and I seen he has like, like sheets of paper yeah. where he writes down the matches. He writes the na- the date, the yeah. matches, and who won. And that's he just keeps track of oh, all the fights. Stats and all that. Yeah, shit. like oh, he's heavy right. into it. And, and so what he does, like whenever we have leftover cardboard, and even Selena, like she'll bring him cardboard and he builds like rings and like he built like an oh. entrance. Has he ever gone to one before? No. Bro, we and gotta, and now that he's oh, into oh, it, we gotta go. It, we gotta go. I want to take him, but yeah. like it hasn't come, you know. And and so. I hope that by the time things open up and we can yeah. go to a big show, like I, I'm really excited to take him. Yeah, you dude, know, because I, I go to shows super all the time. It. Even right now through COVID, but they're smaller. There's probably like 50 people in there, if that. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. normally it's a couple hundred, a couple thousand, and some. But are the di- dynamics the same? Like, oh, dude, some of those backyard wrestling matches are way better than yeah. than the pro. Yeah, hell yeah, because those guys are the, the WWE guys are already paid, bro. They don't want to get hurt. You know yeah. what I mean? These kids are trying to get those deals, trying to get on YouTube, exposure, trying to get exposed, yeah. going trying for to, it, bro. They're going for it, 100. percent You know? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Well, let's do it. I, I seen uh, if you guys know about Red Lucha Libre, there's uh, Psycho the Clown that just beat, uh, you know, Doctor Wagner Jr. for his mask, and Doctor Matt Wagner used like four generations of his mask. Yeah. He just beat him for it, dude. He was wrestling Dang. in the backyard. I'm telling you about. No shit. Yeah. No way. In Spring Valley, he was just there about a month ago. Wow. So wrestling. Hey. Yeah, let's go. Speaking <laughs> of pain, 
what is it like to get slapped by oh, a professional I like, wrestler? Hey, I was like, I what did I pay? Uh, well, I, I like to call it chop. It's a chop. <laughs> oh, my bad. A chop. <laughs> well, yeah, the, other day, the other day, some, some dude told his wife, oh, you know that guy? All oh, loud, bro. He's like, oh, you know that video I showed you? That guy getting slapped? And everybody stopped and looked at me like, oh, no, no, it was a chop. That was a chop. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Now, you know what? So the, the, the story was we were at Mexico's version of WrestleMania on the U.S. side. Because they couldn't do it in Mexico because of COVID. Right. So they did it on this side in Texas because it's more open or whatever. Uh, they filmed it. We were pretty much the only ones in the arena. We were there to do the halftime show. Uh, as we were leaving the arena, the dude that won the championship walking in. And he's kind of like. Hey, hold, on, hold on. For those that are listening, when you say we were we were there to do the halftime show, it was you and who? Frankie J. Aye. Yeah. So Frankie J and I were there to do uh, the halftime show for the Lucha event. So we did the halftime show. We're ready. Uh, I packed everything up. And now we're right two matches before, right? Uh-huh. So we watched the, the match that was right after the halftime. And then the last match, we, we started kind of getting ready to leave. As we're packing everything up, getting ready to leave, we're walking out. And the guy that won the championship, yeah. uh, if you know him as Mystico or Sin Cara or whatever you may know him as, Cinta de Oro now. So he walks in and he's like, hey, uh, you know, he's super pumped up, ready to do it up. And then there's like <laughs> five of us in there, bro. As soon as he walks in and uh, he starts calling the people out you know he's like hey you want to join the chop chop and i don't know what and i don't know what he looks at frankie frankie's uh, recording it. he's like oh i don't know man so all of a sudden i was like hey bro i'll do it you know like did you know like, what he's talking about though yeah 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 well yeah 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 because I'm, I'm a wrestling fan you know so yeah. I, I knew what he was he but, knows the lingo. Pero yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he came in like just trying to flex on people bro and i was like oh dude you can't just come in the room and everybody just back down and say no so i was like ah oh, dude fuck it bring it on pg-13 Fuck it. <laughs> so then I, uh, dude, and, and so Frankie, like what you see in the video is literally what happened step by step. Like it wasn't pre-edited or like, oh, let me turn the phone on real quick. Let me like, yeah. he literally walked in and, and then he was like, you? And I was like, all right, dude, I take off my shirt. He pounds on the wall and then he just chops me one right in the chest. But I didn't move for nothing. So, uh, boom, he hit me and uh, took it like vid- a man. The, video, the video's there. Um, at the moment. It started bleeding like right away. Dude, yeah. his, look at if his handprint's still there. You see that? Oh like damn! Oh, it's been about a month and a half, and it looks like a hickey's is still there. Wow! So he's the one that's been cheating. Hey. <laughs> Where were you? Uh, I was here. Hey, co- hey, Cochino. That reminded me of the, the ghetto. <laughs> hey, that should right. be a song, huh? Cochino. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the. Hey, that, that's an easy baseline to to mm-hmm. learn. Okay, I'm gonna learn. Did hey, you guys one. get a chance to watch the verses with uh, E40 and Too Short? No, no. no. Oh, you guys missed out. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's the chop, man. Damn, Damn it. So it sounds would like you, it hurt. Would you take that on, Chicle? Hell no. It, it, it didn't hurt at the at the at the. It didn't hurt right at the moment. It hurt yeah. when I. Got to the hotel and I was, took a shower and then I was like, oh, oh, I probably yeah, burned. Yeah, burn. yeah. Oh, shit. yeah. It felt like I fell off a skateboard. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, so I'd rather watch you do possible. it again. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> bad. And hey, we, we lived through it. But people were telling me that you could actually your heart could stop. They were saying like late nurses, like like two or three different people Dang. said that that be, it's so close to your heart that it can literally make it stop. Oh, I don't know about all that, but wow. But I said, me yeah, mom too. Mom, mom. See, I kept it away from mom and my niece. Yeah. Brought it up in front of mom, and she's all, "De qué cachetada están hablando?" Oh, oh bro, that I had mama, es no, un mama, chop. My mom got pissed, bro. Mama was. Wait, how do you say chop in Spanish? Chop. I don't know. Una pinche cachetada. Una cachetada super magnética. Hey, no, my mom got pissed, bro. She was like, "Quién? ¿Y quién fue? ¿Y quién es?" Oh, bro. I will tell you a story about my mom once slapped my neighbor's dad. 
because we were playing. Uh, do you guys know what uh, Huevitos is? No? no. Okay, so everybody, come on, man. <laughs> everybody lines up against the wall, their legs open, and then there's one guy like he's in the pitch mount, and then he chooses who he wants to get the ball in between the legs. Whoever that person get, whoever that he gets in between his legs, uh, they got to run all the way to wherever you, the fence is, yeah. and back. You got to make it back before getting hit with the ball. And if you complete your the huevitos, the H U E V I T O S, yeah, then you get jumped. Is so it kind of like kill? Uh, the like kids throw it against the wall and you try to catch it, you drop it, they they ching on. Yeah, 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 similar. Yeah, similar. yeah. yeah. Right. And once you spell out uh, huevitos, then yeah. you get jumped literally by everybody. So <laughs> that's what we played as kids. And the neighbor, the my, my homie Michael's dad, uh, he was watching that happen. And my mom kept me estaba hablando to go eat, and I wasn't coming. Yeah. So mom comes down, she sees what the hell's going on. I'm getting beat up, and you know, mom, she's like. She told the señor, like, dejaste que se le pasara a mi hijo, and wham, bro, she slapped Damn. him. Oh, slapped him, dude. So that, talk, that's I talked where about you that get on the radio the other day, and his daughter was <laughs> cracking up. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. But that's a true story. That's funny. My stories sound a little drastic sometimes, but it's the truth. <laughs> Live and learn. Hey, Chicle. That's right. So what's the future, Holmes? Um, for Chicle Lugo. Yeah. I think right now, man, like COVID... COVID, uh, I think, enlightened us in a lot of ways and, and pushed me, for better or for worse, to uh-huh. to transition away from other projects that I had going on. And so now I feel like I'm more, I feel like I'm tapping back into my roots, you know, of okay. what, what has gotten me to where I'm at and just really trying to focus more and, and mm-hmm. you know, step my game up. Cool. In, in my administrative role and also just getting back into community art and, you know, Selena and I, my wife, we just got uh, an opportunity with the arts organization right here in National City, okay. A Reason to Survive. Yes, beautiful. And, and they have a, a project called Market Makeovers. And it's very similar to a project that I did with my students a few years ago where they're, they're collaborating with the local market uh-huh. to put some artwork on it Beautiful. and and what that artwork is will depend on the students that we work with and the nice. community members that we engage with so we're really excited about that and you know just trying to you know continue to grow continue to grow and continue to push you know positive messages and connecting with youth and our students yeah. and you know, whatever I could do to help. Man, I'm glad you're hooking up with arts. That I, some of my kids go that we. we oh, nice. Them, so you might end up. Working yeah, so I, I wanted to tell you too, yeah. and you know, depending on on when we put this out. Yeah. Um, the program begins February eighth. Okay. So we are we're looking for middle for sixth through twelfth grade. Okay, so I got a, about a fifteen grade. about fifteen kids we need to get involved. No matter what district, school, nothing. Um, I'm trying to get clarification on that. I believe it's open to any students, but I, I think we're trying to hopefully focus on kids from National City. Mm-hmm. You know that that nice. in particular, like if the kids live near the market, uh, which I'm not exactly sure which market yet. They haven't given you um, guys a. They, they told us which two, but I don't know which one oh, we're going to work on. Um, but ideally, like, the kids live right by there, you know, because yeah, that's, that's what we're hoping for, right? And when we talk about, like, you know, for kids that are aspiring artists, 
like to be able to work on something and then walk by it every day that's yeah. that's power yeah. you know so yeah, yeah that's that's something that's coming up that's hella cool no yeah way. so what do you want to be when you grow up man be cheekly. yeah i don't know like honestly <laughs> i think just keep writing I, i'm just really happy right now you know like i, I don't know I imagine there's more, yeah. but right now I'm really enjoying where I'm at, you know, the position that I, I get to serve in, and, you know, I feel like I still have a lot to learn, so I don't know. I'll go with the flow. That's cool, man. That's something about all three of us, man. We're all kids at heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, you know, when, when, like when I graduated and... Um, you graduated high school last year? like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I was doing my master's, I kept posting papers, right? And people were like, what are you working on? Like, my GED. They're like, oh, all right, it's never too late to get your GED, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, when I graduated, my kids were like, hey, Dad, so what are you going to do now that you graduate? I'm like, I'll fucking retire and just keep DJing to the, for the rest of my life. Yeah. But no, really, like Beto said, we're kids at heart, and, and I think that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us going. Because we don't forget where we came from, and we enjoy what we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what's important. Do you guys genuinely enjoy what you do every day? Like, if, if you got stripped out of the money, and that that's what you did for barter, you guys enjoy it? I love it, huh? Yeah. Like, if, yeah. like, if they wouldn't pay me, but they said, yeah, they said you can be a counselor, but you're going to get paid with trade-offs. Like, yeah. You're going to be a counselor, you're going to get food. I'll do it, huh? Me too. I, I love what I do, and, yeah. and yeah. You, you know I me mean? because I can incorporate what I do on a personal level, yeah. which is DJing and working with the cars, and you know what I mean, low riding and whatnot. Bro, this is a true story. Uh, about two weeks ago, I caught this dude stealing mail in front of my house. Yeah. It wasn't my mail, but it was a mailbox. Yeah. I enjoy work so much today. I just oh wait, hold on. I thought when you say he was stealing mail, I thought he was trying to steal you. No, 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 no. So I just. Uh, this is this is what, why the question came up, man. I so a month later, I realized that I never went to go cash my check, and that dude stole my check, bro. Oh, oh so no! I enjoy I enjoy work that much. You don't even realize, yeah. like, you know, yeah, dude. The 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 money comes when it comes, bro. You just enjoy. If you enjoy your job, it, it makes just life that much better. Yeah, that that's yeah. always been my message at, as as a professional for the kids. That is like. Find yourself a job that you're gonna be happy at. Yeah, I'm not even not mad he stole my mail. Like, I'm like, you know, yeah. not that it's gonna make you happy financially, but that you're happy at that yeah. you get up in the morning you, and you're glad to go to it. What One of my uh, advices to all my nephews and nieces, I'm, I always tell them like, hey, when you go for a job, eliminate the money. Like, yeah. don't even know how much money you're making. Like, if you it's a hundred thousand dollars, it's ten dollars, whatever it is. Like, take that money out and just really focus on what the duties are and would you be do would you do it for free? Yeah. And, you know, that that's going to answer if you want that job or not. Because yeah. ultimately, you want to be happy doing what you do and enjoy and truly yeah. want to go to work. And, you know, even if you have whack coworkers, like you still enjoy it. Yeah. Whether, even if you have good coworkers, perfect. You know, it adds to it. Yeah. But that's, and, that's and one my thing that, you know, to build off of that, one thing that I've, I've been talking to several students lately about is also being clear with what success and happiness is for you. You know, because I, I think that plays a big part. Yeah. If you're focused on, on the money, like, that can make for a very miserable experience at work. You yeah. know, but if, yeah. if money's not the thing that's driving you, then it, you can find joy in a lot of things, you know. Because every job, I, I imagine it's true for you and, mm -hmm. and you as well, which are like, like, there's aspects of it that you don't like. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, every job has that. Yeah. It doesn't matter 
like who you look at, there's things that they have to do right, that right. they do not enjoy. But I think for us, like in our professions, like we we there's like a, a different pay for yeah. what we do. You yeah. know, like the and, the and, and I'll be honest with you. Satisfies the soul. Yeah. Right. And, yes. and I'll be honest with you. Could we get paid more? Fuck Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. Could I, could I use yeah. the money? Yes, Fuck please. Yeah. I get ten percent of. I probably get paid ten percent of what people really make in that building, and but, I don't, and I don't you, even trip. But like know? I said, the yeah. payoff and the for me the payoff comes when when I'm at the store or down the walking down the street and I see a former student, mm-hmm. right, and they're able to tell me of their their ups and downs in life from the last time I seen them, right, and I don't focus so much on their downs. I focus on the fact that they were able to get up. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm pleased to say, and I'm like, people people think that I own Esquina because I promote the fuck out of it. Yeah, <laughs> you're always I, here. I am gonna say it right now, I do not own Esquina. <laughs> I own a key to it. Gracias to the owners of Esquina, and one of them has to happens to be a former student of mine. What? I met him when he was 11, and I'm talking about Renee. You know, we had him yeah. here in episode five, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, lowrider. But you know, that's the kind of shit that. Fuck it. Look at me. I mean, I'm like, I'm getting all giddy about it, but it, it makes my day fucking talking about it. Yeah, that. hell yeah. It makes my day to run into students like that. And after after 10 years, is the payoff. Yeah. Education, you know, working in the field of education is a long-term investment. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't make a change within a year or you're not going to notice it. But after 10 years, you start getting these kids coming back and telling you what they're doing, what they've been up to, how you inspired them. I mean, fuck. That's that's an ultimate payoff for me, you know what I mean? Heck yeah! I don't know if you guys saw the post on the that I had on the Dalegas page. Ah, oh, bro, I followed you the other day. I know, you don't even follow me, oh. Carlos. Oh. No, I said I unfollowed you. Unfollowed you. Oh, you unfollowed yeah. me. Wow. Even worse. <laughs> no, I posted. He had there, to make a choice. It was like a couple of Tuesdays ago. I put instead of calling it taking care of business Tuesday, yeah. like, uh, talking about it Tuesday because yeah. somebody over over the holidays hit me up and they're like, "Hey, did you see this vato that follows you?" He created a brand that's similar to Dalegas, and I was like, "So what's the problem?" I, was, I inspired him. And what is it? What is there? Uh, premium ninety one go or what? No, it's <laughs> premium ninety one go. I don't want to. I don't want to. High octane. They haven't paid high octane. <laughs> no, I'm just give it gas. <laughs> the old gas. Pedal no, to uh, the metal. But I don't want. It's more of a compliment versus a diss. For right? me, it's or, a compliment. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's yeah. a compliment because it's, it's like. Not only did I, I inspire somebody that's even older than me yeah. to become an entrepreneur. That, and that's yeah. love. And a business person. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, nah, why am I going to hate on yeah, it? Yeah, no I mean, way. Yeah. That's what we strive for, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful thing, man. Well, yeah, so one last thing. I was going to ask you earlier, but, you know what I mean? I get brain farts all the time because um, that's me, but... Uh, from so that, your dad's an artist. From that chop. The, no, well, the, nah, right from the, 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 all of a sudden. All of a sudden. No, no. For, so <laughs> your dad's an artist. You, you mentioned one of your kids are artists. Are you an artist? Uh, have you done a collab with all three on a painting, on a piece? No. You know what? My dad, for Christmas, we got him a bunch of art supplies, so he's been getting down Sweet. with paints. Yeah. Um, for years, I, I'd been talking to him about doing an Dude, art show. you should show. create like a generational one where like your dad has a little piece, you have a little piece of yeah. the and keep adding to like your kids, you know, like your kids' kids, and like, dude, that's that'd yeah. be super tight. Yeah, that would be Imagine, cool. Imagine like each one create their own little character, their own little whatever they want yeah. on a little square. That yeah. would be tight. I love that. I wish I had artists like that, dude. That's gonna be the first event when COVID goes the fuck on. Yeah, and generation years wealth. ago yeah. for, I think two years we did a family art show. Selena, myself, and and our two kids. Yeah, and, and everybody you know had art pieces. That's tight though. N- not to get too too personal because. Uh, I know I, I respect you, but 
you mentioned about your wife right now. She, she's into art and stuff and whatnot. Yeah. So it's like it's literally a family thing. Yeah, and you know what? Damn. <laughs> to, if, to give credit where credit is due, I think when I met Selena and we first moved out together, uh, there was a time when, when she moved to San Diego, she didn't have no family. She didn't have, like, like she didn't really know a lot of people down here, right? Uh-huh. And she started painting. And I think that's that's probably, you know, what really got me inspired to be become or consider myself an artist. Right. Was seeing her paint, you know, and, yeah. and that kind of just got the ball rolling for both of us. And, you know, I, I had my show and then like a couple of years later, she had a show and, you know, we've both been yeah. contributing to the local art scene ever since. You know, 18 years later. Uh, and, and not only are you are you an artist, but you you, you I mean you you do it as a business. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. But I notice that you don't you don't do your art with the business mentality, which I think is why you enjoy it. I don't yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I see from you guys. Yeah. Right. And that that's actually a funny. You should say that because. When we were prepping to apply for this arts position, mm-hmm. you know, we were putting our resumes together, and I was like, "Damn, like, like we've done a lot of stuff, yeah, you know." And, and I was telling, like, you know, like we could turn this into something, like consulting mm-hmm. and and charge people, and, yeah. And she's like, "We could, yeah," said, but that's not who we are. We've never been that way, right? And she's like, "And and I think that's why we've been successful is because yeah. we've always done it because we want to and we can. Like right. we don't." If we could help people, we help yeah. them. Ain't nothing wrong with getting paid, and, though. <laughs> and, no, and but, right. But, but, but I think I'm there's like a you. different mentality, right? Yeah. Like, if I, obviously, like, you know, if I need to get paid for materials or my time, yeah, like, course. we do that. But, like, it's never, like, okay, cool, but, like, this is how much I charge. Yeah. Do you still want to do it? Yeah. It's like an afterthought, you know? And, and you know, I want to keep it that way. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to get taken for a ride or, or be taken advantage of. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think... I'm in a position where, that you know, it's possible, I could choose. Yeah. I could pick and choose what I want to do. And, yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. definitely a, a passion project. You know, I have a, I'm blessed with a career. Yeah. And I'm really happy, you know, nice. so art on the side is icing on the cake. Nice. You know? Cool. Well, Chicle, with that said, thank you for being in the hot seat. Yeah. Last question. Yes, sir. What's your theme song? What's your life song? What's, and I know that it probably changes Ooh. around. Born what would it be? El Yeah. You know what? I, I think a song that always speaks to me, mm-hmm. especially more recently, is, is Mexico Americano. Um, from Chunky Los Alacranes, or or you I, I love his version. Uh-huh. You know, I like I love his version. Or you talking about Chicken Chong? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Mexican American. It got into my head. No, but for real, like that, yeah, yeah. just that story of like you know being of two different cultures yeah. and in two different countries, and mm-hmm. you know because of our 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 moms and and bringing us right. over or, or just being born here, like. Yeah. You know, I love that, and, and that's that's who we are, right? Yep, that's right, that's right. All right. Hey, uh, well, appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, Dale Gas Confidentials, this is the episode X, episode 10. 10. Uh, my name is Beto Perez. You can follow me on my Instagram, at Cali Burrito. 
I'm with your neighborhood DJ. You can follow me at your neighborhood DJ. And most importantly, please follow us at at Dalegas. And don't unfollow us like Beto unfollowed nah, me. Yeah. Come on. Nah. And, and by the way, at Dalegas is at underscore Dale underscore Gas underscore. Why is, so difficult, man? Why? Because there's, well, there's other there's a couple other people that do have those pages oh. on Instagram. Oh, we gotta call them. And man. I was trying to do it with the three dots, but <laughs> they wanted, They said it was gang related, so I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Chicle? Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Chicle seventy nine. And and of course, you guys can find Esquina on Instagram. Check out the artwork that they have. The super the, cool art. The product, and of course, check out their hours. I know their hours are changing to more more hours. So nice. In the in the near very near future. And check out the drinks they have. I mean, so seven thirty yeah. to three Tuesday through Friday, eight to one. Eight to one on the weekends, right? Wait, and eight, that, and eight a.m. to one p.m. or one a.m. Oh, okay. I was about to say, damn, one a.m. Hell yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's when the freaks come out at night. <laughs> freaks come out at night. <laughs> but with that said, thank you guys very much. Thanks yeah. for joining us for Dale Confidential. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Enrique, Mr. Lugo. Dale gas. Dale, Dale gas. gas. Shout out to Bianca. We gotta educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine.